Private Lender Podcast, Episode 122. The Private Lender Podcast quote of the day comes to us from Richard Branson, who said, screw it, let's do it. This is the Private Lender Podcast, the show that shares practical advice and know-how for new and seasoned lenders, from private mortgages on single-family houses to joint ventures on commercial projects and beyond. Discover details about investment vehicles that you won't find at your local bank or online broker. Listen and learn from private lenders and real estate investors, as well as from professionals and entrepreneurs, as they share the details, strategies, and the insight that allows for successful and prosperous lending. Now, get ready to increase your ROI. Here's your host, Keith Baker. Hello, Lender Nation, and greetings from the laughing stock of the professional sports world. That's right, Houston, Texas. And welcome to episode 122 of the Private Lender Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Baker, and I'd like to thank you for sharing your time with me today. If you're looking for practical tips and advice on private lending and how to keep your money safe, then you are in the right place. But if you want to learn from my mistakes so that you can both avoid and profit from them, then pull up a chair, my friend, and pour yourself a drink, because this podcast is just for you. Private Lender Podcast is dedicated to giving people just like you and me the knowledge and confidence to participate in the most passive form of real estate investing known to mankind, private lending. And if you're looking for a shortcut to begin private lending, then head over to privatelenderpodcast.com slash Inc. That's I-N-K to learn how you can put your money to work for you by investing in private hard money loans in and around the Houston area. And while you're at it, make sure you join the Private Lender Podcast Facebook group to connect with other private lenders and to be a part of the community. All right, I'm pumped up for today's interview with Rod Cleef. Rod is a multiple business owner and philanthropist who is passionate about real estate, business, and giving back. As one of the country's top business real estate and peak performance luminaries, Rod has owned over 2,000 homes and apartment buildings and has built over 24 businesses in his 40-year business career, several of which have been worth tens of millions of dollars. But that's just a few of the reasons I sought out Rod to be on the show. And as you listen, you'll understand why. In fact, out of 120 plus episodes, I believe this is the episode in which I say the least. (laughs) Rod is so captivating and inspirational, at least for me. I just sat back and started taking notes because I forgot that I was conducting an interview. And anyhow, Rod podcast, the Lifetime Cashflow Through Real Estate podcast was one of the first shows I listened to way back when, you know, years ago. And it inspired me to do my own. And His show inspired me to also begin seeking knowledge and to understand multifamily investing, which is Rod's specialty. So let's go ahead and get down to the brass tacks of today's show and to the interview with Rod Cleef. Lender Nation is my distinct honor today to welcome Mr. Rod Cleef to the Private Lender Podcast. Rod, welcome. Thanks, brother. Let's have some fun today, Keith. Oh, we definitely are. I just brought you in. I didn't introduce you. I know full well who you are. I want my audience to know who you are and just a little quick background, Rod's podcast. I listened to years ago as, you know, coming up in my morning commute and it inspired me to do the Private Lender Podcast. Rod's podcast is the Lifetime cash flow Through Real Estate. A lot of great information there, but number one, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous and Rod, thank you so much. You honor me by coming on today. Oh, thank you, buddy. Thank you for your kind words. That means a lot to me. Yeah. So let me, for those of you that don't know who I am, let me take a minute and just give you a little background on me. And and maybe a little story because I think it, it might help. It might even inspire. So I immigrated to this country when I was six years old. I was born in the Netherlands in Holland, you know, wooden shoes, windmills. And we ended up in Denver, Colorado, and we didn't have much. In fact, I wore clothes from the Goodwill and the Salvation Army all the way through junior high school till I lied about my age to work at Burger King when I was 14 so I could buy my own clothes. And 
You know, I remember growing up, we ate expired food. We drank powdered milk because that's all we could afford. And, and luckily, my mom had an incredible work ethic. So she babysat kids so we'd have enough money to eat and have a decent life. And she was a bit of an entrepreneur as well. She invested in the stock market with her babysitting money. And she also bought the house across the street from us when I was about 14. And when I was 17, a couple of years later, three years later, she told me she'd made $20,000 in her sleep. And I'm like, what? You made 20 grand, it went up in value and you didn't do anything? Forget college, I'm getting into real estate. So I became a real estate broker right when I turned 18. With, you know, not an agent, I was actually a broker, which you could do back then with education. Now they got smart and you need some experience. But I was a real estate broker and I was going to be rich in real estate, right? Well, my first year in real estate, I made about eight grand. Okay, this is 1978. My second year, maybe 10, 12 grand. But my third year, I made over $100,000, which back in 1981 was some decent change. So what happened between year two and year three? What happened was I met a guy that taught me about the importance of mindset and psychology and how really your success in anything is relates to your mindset, your psychology. It's 80 to 90% of your success in anything. Only 10 to 20% is the mechanics, be it private lending, be it multifamily real estate, which is what I teach. Whatever it is, whatever the vehicle is, is the smallest percentage. If it was just knowledge, there'd be a bunch of wealthy librarians and college professors out there, right? It's the do and it's the keep doing. And so, you know, fast forward today, I've owned over 2,000 houses that I've rented long-term. I've owned thousands of apartment units. In 2006, my net worth went up $17 million while I slept, a little more than my mom's 20,000. And I thought I was a freaking real estate god, okay? I mean, you do the math on it, it's like $8,300 an hour over a 40-hour work week, which of course I did. I could barely fit my head through a door. I thought I could do no wrong. Well, you know when that happens, and sometimes when people get like that, God or the universe will give them a nice little smackdown. Well, that was 2008. I lost that 17 million and a lot more. I lost 50 million dollars in 2008, and you know, and I thought I was set for life. And one of the things I enjoy talking about, Keith, or drilling down on a little bit, if you'll humor me, is the mindset it took to have 50 million to lose in the first place, but then the mindset it took to get back to the success that I enjoy today, and. So, yeah, again, if you want me to drill down, I'll, I can go a little deeper on how that happened. Absolutely. No, I, I, just please, I want you to tell your story because I can regurgitate. It's not going to be the same. It's not the impact that it has coming from you. And I love the fact that, you know, it's one is what it took to get to that. How do you get to lose the ability to lose 50 million? Number one. Number two, after, you know, and I love how you said you couldn't get your head through the door, hubris of youth, right? But getting back to that is bouncing back, getting back up after that and returning. So yeah, please dive in. And uh... how I was able to do it is reassociating with exactly what I wanted and more importantly, why I wanted it. Okay. And so one of the first things we do at my boot camp. So, you know, I used to do these live boot camps. They were so I did sold out live events for two and a half, three years. And I was supposed to have 800 people in Orlando in May. And we all know what happened with that. And so and I was freaking out, actually. I was like, oh, you know, we had hundreds of people that already paid. What are we going to do? And if you go to multifamilyvirtualbootcamp.com, you'll see me with my phone in the backyard shooting the video because we had to get the website up in two days. And we did. And we've now had thousands of people attend my live stream events. So, you know, I had to innovate. I had to pivot. And by the way, let me mention something. So if you're listening to Keith, I know you're a leader. And right now, more than ever, the world needs leaders. And so, you know, like I had to back then, I had to innovate, I had to pivot, and maybe you do as well, okay? Maybe you're going through a tough time and you need to kind of reinvent yourself. You know, we all go through these periods in our lives 
and don't fear it. Just deal with it and go do it. Go innovate, pivot, whatever you have to do to make it happen. Some of the biggest companies in history were built in when times were tough. So keep that in mind. And one other thing on that note, as it relates to leaders, you know, as a leader, you have to pay very close attention to what you focus on because whatever you focus on is going to get larger, both positive and negative. And so be very careful that like, for example, don't get sucked into the news. The news isn't out there to inform us. It's there to startle us and scare us. And so, you know, and don't get me started on politics. So don't get sucked into that crap. Focus on bringing in the good stuff, focusing on the good stuff. So anyway, bottom line is how I was able to recover was reassociating with what I wanted. And so I do these live events. And one of the first things I do is, is this session that I'm going to, I'll give you a high level overview of what I do. It's, I call it goal setting on steroids. And again, this is how I had 50 million to lose and how I got back to the success that I have today through this process. So humor me. It's a few steps. I'll go through it very quickly. So the first thing you need to do is you need to pick, if you're listening, pick an hour when you have a lot of energy. Don't do it after a meal and sit down and write down everything you could ever possibly want in life. All the stuff, there's nothing wrong with stuff, the houses, the cars, the boats, the jet skis, the planes, write it down. Write down how much money you want in the bank in three years, how much money you want in the bank in 10 years. Write down how much cash flow you want from your investments in three years or 10 years. Write down, you know, all the places that you want to visit. Write down all the things you want to do. So it's not just the stuff. Really dig deep and write down everything, the little things, the big things, everything you could ever possibly want. Write it down. Write down, you know, the jewelry, the clothes, but but also write down the things you want to do. Like I said, maybe you want to go climb all the mountains over 15,000 feet or jump out of a perfectly good airplane. I did that about a year ago and I'll never freaking do it again, but it's off the list. So write down what you want to do. Where do you want to travel? I've got a travel vision board behind me here and write that down. Also write down what you want to learn in your lifetime. So, you know, the skills you want to learn. If you want to be a private lender, I know Keith's got some stuff coming out to teach you how to do that. If it's multifamily, for God's sakes, come see me. I'll tell you how you can come spend a couple days with me. It's $97 and I don't send sell anything there. So it's kind of a duh. I teach for 18 hours and I don't sell anything. So for under a hundred bucks. And I'll tell you how to do that later. But the point is, if you want to learn something, write it down, a skill, maybe a foreign language. You want to write a book. Again, whatever you want to do, be, or have, you need to write it down. Little things, big things, everything. Okay. And really dig deep. Also write down who you want to help. We'll do more for others than we'll ever do for ourselves. And you want to use this. This is the fuel that's going to get your butt out of bed early, stay up late, work on a Saturday, do whatever you got to do to live the life of your dreams. If you're willing to work like most people won't for a few years, you'll live the rest of your life like most people can't, okay? And this is the fuel that'll get you to do that. So again, don't let the pen leave the paper, write it all down, write down who you're gonna help. You know, I bought my parents a house when my dad was alive here on a canal in Florida, bought him a car, took him on cruises. Who do you wanna do things for? Write that down, cause that'll juice you, it'll motivate you. All right, once you can't think of an, and by the way, if you're analytical, and I'm sure there's quite a few analytical people listening to your show, Keith, if you're analytical, don't stop and analyze your answers. For God's sakes, just keep writing. You can always scratch them out later, okay? Just don't let the pen leave the paper. All right. Once you can't think of another thing, put a time limit on each goal. That's the next step. Just put how many years you think it'll take you to achieve it. A one, a three, a five, even a 10 or a 20. Recognizing that as human beings, we will overestimate what we can do in a year and massively underestimate what we can do in five, 10, 20 years. I'll give you an example of this. When I lived in Denver, let me preframe this. I'm going to give you some examples for me. Please know this is not me bragging. Okay. I'm just hoping to inspire you. That's it. And so 
and these most of these examples don't even interest me anymore, but I'm hoping they'll inspire you. So when I lived in Denver, I always knew I wanted to live on the beach and there's no beach in Denver. And so, you know, I would visualize the palm trees and the sand and the surf and all of that stuff. And 20 years later, I built this incredible mansion on the beach. I mean, but it was unthinkable when I was 18. I mean, this, you know, so again, take the lid off your brain. I mean, this place, I mean, I owned the beach on one side. I had my boats on the backside. It was an $8 million, 10,000 square foot mansion that was, again, it was unthinkable when I was 18. So take the lid off your brain. If you can imagine it, you can do it. There's nothing you can't do. Okay. So put a time limit on each goal. Once you've done that, you need to pick your number one goal. And if you've got two or three that are equally exciting, just pick one. But I mean, that goal that when you get it, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. That goal that you know you've arrived when you've achieved it. Okay, put that on a separate sheet of paper. Then I want you to pick your top three one-year goals and put those on that separate sheet of paper. Leave some room in between them, okay? And again, don't overthink this. Don't kill yourself trying to pick the number one goal. If you've got two or three that are equally exciting, just pick one. It won't matter for this. But your number one goal and your top three one-year goals. Okay. Now, at this point, Keith, you're ahead of 99.9% of the people on the planet that do a New Year's resolution that's forgotten by, you know, February. Okay. But there's another step. And that is, there's two more steps, actually. I'll move quickly. The goals are important. You got to have them. Okay. That's how you create what Napoleon Hill calls a burning desire in his book, Think and Grow Rich. You got to have a burning desire. You got to want it, right? But why the goals are an absolute must is the real fuel. And so you need to write a paragraph under each goal why you absolutely have to achieve it, period. There's no 50-50. It has to happen. So that, you know, and use emotionally charged words when you're writing your description. Words are so freaking powerful. Words like amazing and incredible and beautiful. You know, use these words because they'll juice you. So, you know, you might say, so I can show my kids what incredible success looks like. So I can show my wife what it means to be free and live an amazing life of success or husband, whatever it is, you know, so we can have the freedom to do whatever we want, whenever we want, go wherever we want, bring whoever we want, whatever's going to juice you, write it down. Okay. And so put a positive reason why or reasons why it has to happen under each goal. Okay. Now, one little tiny step further, you need to put some pain in there if you don't achieve the goal. And I mean, make it freaking painful. Okay. So I don't feel like a failure. So I don't fail my kids. So I don't fail my wife or husband. You know, I mean, make it hurt. So I don't live a life of regret. There was this nurse in Australia, Keith, named Bronnie Ware, and she was a hospice nurse. So she dealt with patients when they were about to die. And she asked him a question. And the question was, do you have any regrets? And she even wrote a book about it. It's called The Five Regrets of Dying. You know what the number one regret was? It was not living the life I could have lived, living someone else's life, not doing what I know I'm capable of. Guys, we do not want that. I'm going to tell you, if you're sitting here and you're afraid of failure, fear regret much worse, okay? Because fear being in the same place a year from now that you are right now, unless you freaking love where you are right now. That's what you fear. Fear regret, not failure. We fail our way to success. In fact, as a side note, I call them seminars. You know, that $50 million thing was a seminar. It wasn't a failure. I learned, okay? It's only a failure if you don't get back up or you don't learn the lesson. Well, I've built 24 businesses. Several have been worth tens of millions of dollars. Most have been spectacular flaming seminars. But again, you know, we fail our way to success. I met the billionaire owner of Spanx, uh, the uh, women's undergarments, you know, and her name's Sarah Blakely, beautiful human being. And I met her at a mastermind and she told me that her dad used to ask her and her brother once a week, what have you failed at this week? 
What an awesome question, right? To not fear failure. So anyway, you've got your negative reason why you cannot fail in getting that goal, right? The next thing you must do is you must get pictures of your goals. This is how you manifest this stuff. You know, back years ago, I used to have a sign above my bed. When I laid in bed, I could see it said 100,000 a month. Now I've 10X that. It's, it says a million a month above my bed. And so I'll reach it. I'm just telling you. And that's not ego. I will. There's no question in my mind. And that's a big piece as well. You've got to know you can do this. You've got to believe in yourself. That's the, the power of belief is so incredibly powerful. You've got to believe it. Even if you don't have it, even if you don't have a, you know what to pee in, you know that you got to believe it. So get pictures of your goals. Let me give you some examples of manifesting. I'll give you a couple of public examples. Jim Carrey, when he was flat broke, wrote himself a check for 10 million bucks. He carried it in his wallet. He used to go up by the Hollywood sign and he would look at it and visualize cashing it. That's how much money he made for Dumb and Dumber. Yep. I've heard that story. Demi Lovato, when she was unknown 10 years ago, posted on social media, I'm going to sing in the Super Bowl. Not this last one, the one before. Go see who sang in it. Okay. I'll give you some personal examples for me. When I was 18, I figured I had to have a four-door car to show houses, right? Because I was going to be rich selling other people's houses. <laughs> so I bought this four-door Ford Granada, just a piece of you-know-what, okay? <laughs> Bench seat in the front, ugliest piece of crap you've ever seen. But I figured that's what I had to have, right? Well, I worked with a guy and he had Corvettes and he let me drive one. And that, by the way, that's a really important piece. If you want something, go experience it. Go test drive the car. Go to the open house of the houses like what you want. I mean, go experience as much as you can. So I drove this Corvette and I'm like, oh my God, this is freaking awesome. Okay. Sleek and sit back and you, you know, you like you own the world. Well, I got a picture out of a, of a Corvette out of a magazine. This is before the internet. I mean, uh, you know, way before actually. And I got a picture out of a magazine. I posted that on the visor, glued it or taped it to the visor of that bone ugly Granada. So every time I sat in, it was right there in front of me. Then a year I had a Corvette. Give you a couple more examples. Again, let me preframe. It's not me bragging, just hoping to inspire you. So this is back when the TV show Magnum PI was out. And the actor's name was Tom Selleck. He was this detective in Hawaii. And it was the first time I'd seen an exotic car. He drove this Ferrari 308. And I'm like, oh my God, look at that thing. Look how low and beautiful and sleek it is. I'm like, man, I got to have one. So I got a picture of that actual car. And I put it on the visor of my Corvette within a year or two out of Maserati. looked just like it. Last example. I always wanted a Lamborghini. I thought that was the, you know, when I saw those, I'm like, oh my God, these are amazing. So I got pictures of them, posters in my room, stuff like that. And what's interesting is my son collected exotic cars and he had a model of the exact same color that I ended up getting, a color and style Lamborghini that I ended up getting, which I read. But anyway, again, none of this stuff may interest you. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But the point is, the message here is get pictures of what does juice you and put them around you because they freaking work. In fact, I'll show you something here. Let me show you something. Do you put these on YouTube? Yeah. Okay. So for those of you that are just listening, I have a paper planner. I'm a dinosaur. I use a paper planner. It's on today. And in the back of this thing, I've got pictures that have been in here 20 years. And I've had multiple binders over the years, but it's the same whole ring punch, thank God. But the first pictures are my gratitude pictures. They're in plastic. They're all dog-eared because everything starts from a place of gratitude. You want to manifest anything in life it starts from a foundation of gratitude. So I've got pictures of my kids when they were very young and things I'm grateful for. But then I've got pictures of things that I wanted. That house on the beach, I lost that house and all the craziness. It looks just like this top picture before I built it, okay? 10 foot high glass like that, butt together, you know, wall of glass. I had travertine floors just like that. 
Now, and I lost that, but now I live in a compound. I've got six buildings. In fact, they're putting some window tint in one of the buildings right now because I've got a video studio that's almost done, you know, because I'm live stream everything now, you know, the world changed. But, But what's crazy, I live in this compound. I've got six buildings, big main house, two bedroom guest house, media building with a theater room and that video studio on top, beautiful exercise facility. And look at the bottom pictures there, Keith, you see those walls in those pictures, the white walls in both those pictures. Okay. Behind me is a picture of my backyard. See the white wall? Isn't that freaking crazy? I mean, this stuff works. Okay. You know, then I've got pictures of stupid shit like watches. I got a few hundred thousand dollars of the watches. The Lamborghini, before I ever bought it, there's a picture of one. You know, the Rolls, the Bentley, all this stuff that I got because I had pictures. So don't underestimate the power of this, guys. I've got vision boards now for the things that I want. Because when you have this stuff in your peripheral, in your subconscious, what it does is it triggers something in your brain called your reticular activating system. And that's that filter in your brain that filters out what it thinks is most important to you. And it's subconscious. You're not aware of this. But the greatest example is when you first get a vehicle. You don't really notice them before then. Then you see them everywhere. Were they there before? Of course they were. And so that's your reticular activating system. And that's what these pictures and reassociating with your goals will help you do. So I'll get off my soapbox, but that is how I had 50 million to lose in the first place. And that's how I got back to the success that I'm blessed to have today was through this process. Okay. I just sat back. This is great, man. I don't have to talk. And look, when it comes to the bragging part, a couple of things. One, if you were bragging, you wouldn't be on the show, you know, but we talk about our successes. We talk about our failures. Candidly, each side. I agree. I asked my kids, you know, did you do something that scared you today? Did you have to get up and present in class? Did you, you know, go talk to somebody you have a crush on? Or, you know, was somebody being bullied or picked on? And did you, did you go to their aid, even though you felt, you know, whatever? I agree. And, and look, I do. So, I, okay, that takes care of that. I vouch for you. You're not bragging. And hey, look, hey, if it was a Yogi Bear said, it ain't bragging if you can back it up. <laughs> right? Or was a Dizzy Dean? I can't remember. But anyway, the other side of that is the, I, I can't, and that's why I wanted you on, I, I I can't agree with you more of what you just said about identifying it, getting it out there. I like the fact you put some pain in there because I like what Tim Ferriss does. You know, he does the fear setting, you know, like if I don't do this, what's the worst thing that can happen? Sure. You've got to associate with that. So you avoid it, you know, because that's what we do as humans and, and knowing what it is you want will help you push through the fear. See, this is the fuel that those goals and those, and those whys are the fuel to get you to take action because many of us have limiting beliefs. We've got fears. Or worse, we're comfortable and the comfort zone's a warm place, but nothing freaking grows there, right? And so this knowing what it is you want with clarity and why it has to happen is that fuel to push through that fear, you know? And when you regularly associate with what it is you want and you focus on the, what it is you want, not what you don't want, it's very easy to focus on what you don't want. In fact, we connect through pain. It's the craziest thing in the world. If you came up to me, Keith, and you said, hey, Rod, how you doing? I'm like, oh, my God, man, I'm freaking fantastic. Oh, man, life is amazing. You'd step back and you go, Rod's off his meds. <laughs> but if you came up to me and said, how you doing, Rod? I'm like, oh, man, dude, my back is freaking killing me. You put your arm around me and say, I feel you, brother. I know where you're at because that's how we connect. It's the craziest thing ever. So just be really conscious of that. You know, like I talked about, as a leader, your focus is so freaking important because You know, when I was losing everything back in 2008 and 9, I was in a mastermind. It was Tony Robbins' mastermind, actually. It's called his uh, Platinum Partnership. It's become this big thing now. Back then, it was like 150 grand. Now, I think it's like a half a million. But the point is, 
I was around people that were thriving through that crash, okay? I was trying to survive. They were thriving. And let me give you another little bullet point here. Who you hang out with is who you become. You want to be around people that think what you think is hard is easy. You you know, your peer group is so freaking critical. And so, you know, I was around people that were like, hey, Rod, what are you doing? Why are you whining and moaning? Go make something happen, you know? And it's so important to have a peer group like that. And I have that in my coaching program, my warrior mentorship program. I also host a a mastermind of some of the biggest hitters in multifamily space in the world really is about 13, 14 billion in assets in that group. Because again, I want to be around people that think what I think is hard is easy, right? And it's so easy as human beings to settle with our peer group. You know, we'll settle for the people we work with or the people we went to school with. And that's a huge mistake because if you want to grow and your growth scares them or intimidates them or makes them jealous, they will hold you back, sometimes out of love, usually out of fear, okay? And so, it's so critical that you proactively choose your peers and who you allow to influence you because sometimes it's family as well. And I will tell you, love your family, but choose your freaking peers, right? You agree with me, Keith? A hundred and thousand. I recently, I left corporate America, you know, and jumped and Everyone, because because I, because I'll tell you exactly why. I realized that I'd gotten, I'd climbed the ladder, and I had attained a position to where I could put my feet on my desk for the next twenty years and ride out my career, twenty twenty five years. Comfortable, comfortable. Rod, it scared the shit out of me. I started getting a lot of anxiety. Trading time for money. I mean, the rest of your life, never growing, never becoming more. Hey, let me tell you something. Happiness doesn't come from the goals. In fact, let me share a story with you. Happiness comes from progress and growth. Let me share a story with you. I'm glad you reminded me of this. So I built that house on the beach, right? I worked for that freaking thing for 20 years, okay? You know, and two months after I moved in, I mean, this house is magnificent. Let me just tell you a couple more things about it. Giant waterfall from the second floor balcony into the pool. You had to walk through the waterfall to get into the pool. Pool was in magazines. I had tens of thousands of dollars with the trees that bent out over the pool. Giant spiral staircase up through the middle of the house. I mean, elevator, wine cellar, but let me land the plane with this. On the second floor, I built aquariums that were curved around the spiral staircase. The aquariums cost me almost 200 grand. So, it just gives you an idea of the house, okay? Two months after I moved in, my family's inside sleeping. I'm out in the pool at night. It pool's changing colors. It's got fiber optic lighting. It's a spectacular pool. And I'm looking up at this testament to my ego. And that's really what it was. I built this house to prove the world I was good enough. You know, I got picked on in school. I didn't speak English, found out what bullies were. And I created this limiting question, which was, how can I show them I'm good enough? Took me decades to figure that out. And which presupposed that I wasn't good enough, right? And so, I built this house to prove the world I was good enough. Two months after I moved in, I'd worked for this thing for 20 years. Two months after I moved in, I'm floating in the pool and I got depressed. And I don't mean just a little bummed. I mean, I was really bummed. I'm like, what the hell? I've just achieved success like times a thousand. And how could I possibly feel bad? And what I realized was there were several things going on. The first one was, as it relates to the goals, it's never about the goals. You need them. You got to have that burning desire to take action, but it's about your growth and your progress on your path and who you become on your path to the goals. You've got to celebrate your progress and your growth, no matter how small it is, because that's what makes you happy. Okay. So that's number one. Number two is you never achieve a big goal without having other goals lined up behind it, right? You've got to have a vision for the future. Like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. You got to have a vision for your future. And I didn't know what the hell I was going to do next. So that was the second thing. But the big thing was I was totally focused on Rod, 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 show the world I'm good enough, show the world I matter. 
And luckily, I went out and bought some books, you know, Dale Carnegie, because I'm going to get back. You know, I'm not going to sit here and wallow in this shit. This is not me. I don't get depressed. Come on, seriously. You know, and this, I mean, this is what I'm saying to myself, right? And so I, I bought Dale Carnegie, Zig Ziglar, Tom Hopkins, and I bought a Tony Robbins book. And I got about halfway through his book. I'm like, man, I really like this stuff. So I went and saw him live. And by the way, if you have an opportunity to do that, just do it. I know he's got his event actually while we're recording this right now is Unleash the Power Within. And I spent I will tell you, I went and saw him and I spent the next 20 years following him around because I got so much value from his content, but went to his events several times a year. But one thing I noticed that he does in a big way is feed families for the holidays because he had an experience when he was growing up. And I'm like, what a concept. Do something for someone else. I mean, I was embarrassed to say I was 40 before I got that memo. So I went back home and I decided to feed five families and it changed my life. We did it for the holidays. And I'm blessed to say now we've fed over 100,000 kids for the last 20 years over the holidays. We've done tens of thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies to kids, done tens of thousands of teddy bears to local police departments for their officers to keep in their vehicles when they encounter a child that's been traumatized. It's been my greatest gift in life. And so here's the message here. Number one is we've been taught to achieve to be happy. I'm going to tell you give back because then you'll be happily achieving. Find something you're passionate about, elderly, kids, animals, the environment, whatever it is that juices you and do something towards that. If you're listening to Keith here and you're thinking, yeah, I'll do that when I have money, big mistake. You will get your money faster if you do it right away, even in a small way, because what you'll be doing then is you'll be happily achieving, okay? You're going to get further, faster, and the way the universe works is whatever you give, you get back tenfold or a hundredfold. So trust me on this, okay? Again, I had to be 40 to get this memo, but give back in some fashion. And then you'll, Tony Robbins calls it the science of achievement versus the art of fulfillment because fulfillment really is an art and involves giving back. My podcast just broke 10 million downloads and I've had some big hitters on my show. I mean, like billionaires. And I can tell if they're like I was back then. And they, some of them are good at hiding it, but you can just tell that narcissism is there that, well, you know, got to prove the world something. And I feel sad for them because they haven't evolved to realize that life is about giving back. You know, we have two arms or two hands, one to pull ourselves up, one to pull someone else underneath us. And I know you get joy from adding value here with the podcast. I'm sure you do, like I do. I mean, you know, this is not ego, what I'm going to say next. I get love every single day. I've got on the wall behind me hundreds of thank you cards from, you know, you can't even see them all behind my green screen from students and people whose lives have been impacted. And I get a DM or an email or a card or a gift every single day or multiple. And it's the greatest gift in life. So again, figure out what you're going to add value to and give back to and incorporate that into your life and you will achieve it. And now you don't do it for this reason, but the byproduct is you'll achieve your success, success much faster. I'd just like to add to that you just described me. I mean, when I started this whole podcast thing, there was, I would say it was 50% of, I've always wanted to teach, right? You know, someone said, you know, if you had all the money in the world, you know, and you could have any job, you know, what would it be? You know, I have a degree in philosophy in German. I would love to be a philosophy professor. Unfortunately, I'd also love to play basketball like Michael Jordan, but that's not going to happen. So, you know, this is my chance to teach. And I saw an underserved you know, niche. Love it. I can't wait to see what you come up with, with your courses and coaching and all that stuff. I know you're building that. Can't wait to see it, brother. That's fantastic. I appreciate it because, you know, somewhere halfway through, and it, for me, when I started this thing, it was all about the likes. It was all about the downloads, you know, yada, yada, well, yada. Sure. You got to build that reach just so you reach more people. That's why, you know, if you allow me, let me put a plug. If you've got an iPhone and you put real estate in, usually my podcast comes up number one next to Bigger Pockets. It's called Lifetime Cash Flow. I hope you'll check it out. And by the way, even if you're not going to do multifamily real estate, which is what I teach, I do a clip every week called Own Your Power. 
And it's, it's motivational. It's five minutes. I mean, I don't care if, if you're not even going to do real estate. I promise you, you'll be glad you listen to those because they'll juice you. And that keeps you focused on what's important. And so they're very motivational. I play music with them. They're all, I'm really proud of them. And I've done hundreds. So, you know, listen to that. And if you'll humor me a little further, I do, the, like I said, I do these two-day live boot camps, live stream now in my studio, two-day live. And I have thousands of people have attended that I've never had a complaint. That's a lie. They complain that the breaks are too short because I'm packing so much stuff and I do these 15-minute breaks. I got to do longer breaks. But the point is, I teach for 18 hours and I don't sell anything. And I'll give you the information. You can come for 97 bucks and I'm not selling anything for 18 hours of training for 97 bucks. It's kind of a no-brainer, seriously. So if you text the word multifamily, or it can be two words. No, I think it has to be one word. Multifamily to 72345. But remember this code. Use the code RODFRIEND and you can come for 97 bucks. So text multifamily to 72345. Use the code RODFRIEND and you can come for 97 bucks. I promise you, you'll be glad you came. If any interest in real estate, or you can go to multifamilyvirtualbootcamp.com. Lastly, my website is my name, rodcleaf.com, and nobody can spell it. So if you go to real estate with Rod, I've got tons of free videos, books, articles. It's all free about real estate, about motivation, all of that there at real estate with Rod. And yeah, I'm done plugging myself. Thank you for allowing that. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm surprised it, it, it took so long. I was, I was like, come on, bring it on. But no, the, you know, getting back to, you know, what you're saying is that, you know, I was building up success. The things were going well. You know, I was getting sponsorship opportunities on the podcast. And like you said, you know, it was all about me. And I found that, you know, that wasn't enough to hold me accountable to, to continue. Right. You know, and so that's when it's got to be bigger than you. I started basing sort of the pot. Like at some point, I got to monetize. Okay. I spent a lot of money in three years building this thing up. But, you know, I didn't go to Wharton or, you know, I don't have a, a fancy degree in finance or anything. So if I'm going to be talking about money, you know, I'm going to have to earn my reputation. And so that's when I started. Okay. Look, I'm just going to keep doing this thing. I'm not charging anybody for this. I just keep putting it out there. And I get these emails. You know, yeah, the bogus list sponsor, blah, blah, blah. But then there's the, hey, I found you from a friend of mine. And I got to say thank you because of X, Y, and Z. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. We, I mean, that's why, why my wife puts up with me. I work Sundays. I love it so freaking much. I am bumping up against a hard stop here. I know there was a couple other oppor- things you wanted to talk about. One was the opportunities coming up with, you know, right? What do you see? Uh, here we are. We're recording this early March, 2021. Texas is going to lift its mask mandates, you know, to give it a little color. What opportunities do you see? Like, I'm going to show you, this is my crystal ball right here. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know if you oh, know. I love it. I actually think we're going to have a contraction at some point. Okay. Probably not this year, but probably next year. Uh, you can't throw trillions of dollars at this economy and not have it impact things. You know, it could be inflation or it could be a, you know, a crash. And it's nothing to fear because with crisis comes opportunity, but I'm getting in cash right now. I want a lot of cash because when that happens, there will be exponential opportunities to make money in real estate or really any cash flowing assets, buying businesses, buying real estate will be home runs or home run, potentially home runs. So I see opportunities in that regard, in that I think there's going to be some recalibration. There are 40 million people that are facing foreclosure or facing eviction, and that's just got to impact the economy. And that thousand, fifteen hundred bucks, whatever they throw at it. It doesn't even on one month's rent. I mean, it's a joke. You know, I believe that's what, you know, is coming. And I know you also wanted to talk about those people that are locked in doing single family deals and may want to think bigger, may want to get into private lending, may want to get into multifamily. And I'm here to tell you, 
you know, everybody starts in single family, but it's a freaking job. I've owned 2000 houses. So hopefully I've got a little credibility when I tell you I would never buy another house. I would always buy multifamily if it were me, or I would, lo- I would do private lending. It's a fantastic vehicle as well. So, you know, can't get the scale that's possible with single family that you can get with multifamily. And so, you know, that's my plug there on that. Rod, you honor me. Thank you so much oh, for thank this. You for I that. appreciate thank it. You for Love that. talking with you. Likewise, buddy. To, uh, Likewise. Meeting can, up hopefully one day very soon. I hope so. And if I can help you with anything, don't hesitate, my friend. I, I love your energy. You're doing some great things here. All right, buddy. Take care. All right. See All you, right. man. Thanks. Take care, man. Bye. And there you have it, folks. I'd like to thank Rod Cleave for coming on today, explaining his goal setting process and sharing his wisdom. To learn more about Rod and his multifamily real estate and or his business coaching, or if you'd like to learn more about his podcasts, Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate and the Own Your Power podcasts, you go to rodcleef.com or realestatewithrod.com or just head on over to the show notes page for links and everything and Rod's social and how you can connect with him, all that fun stuff. Well, that's going to do it for episode 122. And as you know, I don't charge money to produce this show, but I would be extremely grateful if you would help me get the word out there and increase awareness by leaving me an honest rating and review over at iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, or whatever platform you're using to hear my voice. And don't forget to join the Private Lender Podcast Facebook group. And if you're looking to start your private lending career, you want to have somebody help you along the first few deals, head on over to privatelenderpodcast.com forward slash Inc. That's I-N-K for more information. All right, that's going to do it for today. Thank you for listening to episode 122. Thank you for your time. And besides self-awareness, I wish everyone safe and successful private lending. I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Private Lender Podcast with your host, Keith Baker. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit privatelenderpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time.